Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. Hey, ho, hey, ho, on with the show. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe-smoking broadcast. I am your host, Brian Levine. And it is, uh, yeah, Tuesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern time here on the East Coast, uh, just back from Las Vegas. So, uh, tonight's show, for tonight's show in Pipe Parts, going to talk a little bit about Kamoys and Sheraton. Uh, and the, the confusion in how or what is the higher grading and how the, how the gradings go inside those two pipes. Uh, my guest is Sergeant Matron, and Matron is of the Kerveg Pipe Club of Scotland. And this is obviously pre-recorded because it's uh, 1 o'clock or 2 o'clock in the morning for him there now. But uh, it was a hoot. Uh, truly a great guy. you got to listen to this. Uh, mailbag music and a... Uh, how about a bit of a rave for tonight? A uh, rave on a, on a business that actually listens to their customers. Um, Alright, let's do a real quick trip recap for you on my trip out to Vegas for the Tobacco Plus convenience show. It's a uh, was a 100% wholesale closed to the public show and the reason we exhibited at the show is because it's put on by one of our larger distributors. Uh, most of the show floor was full of e-cigarette and uh, vapor stuff and uh, plenty of different ways to uh, <laughs> plenty of different ways to put vapes and uh, e-cigarettes together and there was a ton of different companies with their special flavors and stuff like that uh, hung out uh, because there was a little bit of time on the show floor spent some time with guys from uh, beardvape.com uh, just a bunch of great young guys all with beards and they had a beautiful booth other than that, um, really nothing remarkable to say about the trip except that, uh, you know, had a couple of good meals, had a couple of good drinks, uh, did get a chance to sit and smoke and have a drink with Eric Stokeby on uh, Wednesday night, so that was nice to spend some time just visiting with him. All right, I'm back from Vegas, glad to be back, except I've got to go back one more time the end of April, or uh, the third week of April, before the Chicago Pipe Show. Anyway, all right, that's enough rambling. All right, let's get the show rolling. Everybody, thank you all for tuning in. Thank you to the Sutliff Tobacco Company, and here we go. My name is Shane Ireland, and I'm the pipe manager at SmokingPipes.com. It's my job to source and select the absolute best pipes from all over the world. We take collecting seriously, so you should think of us as your team of personal pipe shoppers. When you browse our site and make your selection, the pipe you've picked out has traveled from the maker to our merchandising and quality control department. It was then given to our highly skilled photographers, videographers, and copywriters before being carefully and lovingly packaged by our shipping team. The pipe you see is the pipe you get, and it's just the one you've been searching for. Whether you're on the hunt for that next special piece to add to your collection or would simply like a recommendation from our extensive selection of tobaccos, 
give us a call at 1-888-366-0345, and our friendly experts will be glad to assist you. We are quality. We are experts. We are collectors. We are SmokingPipes.com. are back all right so uh my friend miguel from miami was asking especially after listening to uh, ken barnes on uh, sheraton and then he asked again about kamoys on the rankings of of uh of stampings or the rankings of finishings and which ones to look for uh the one thing that i can say with sheraton and this goes back a while is that uh with sheraton sometimes you know it was it was based off of a production schedule what they ranked what and how they stamped stuff so it didn't always ring true that uh you know that you that all specials were uh, cross grains or whatever and you know you'd find better you'd find undergraded pieces and you'd find overgraded pieces it just depended on the production and what came out of the factory uh, or the percentages. So starting off on the bottom, and I went back to a 1969 RTDA almanac, courtesy of pipepages.com. Uh, the lowest priced Sheraton was a Belvedere. Uh, the Belvedere, you'll remember, has a very heavy red stain on it. Then into the two reliefs, or as they called it, a dark relief and a tan relief, or some of us might call them a uh, a black blast and a tan blast. The next one going up the list is the special grade. Yeah, the special grade comes right after the Belvedere in the smooths. And then going on from special was distinction. And this is where the price jumped fairly significantly. The specials were 35 to 45 and the distinctions were uh, 50 to 55 dollars. Uh, then you get into executive, and selected is next after that, and then here comes the the supremes, not uh, Diana Ross, but the supreme grades. And during the late '60s and into the '70s, you'll see a supreme S and then a number after them. And these I I haven't seen these too much, and I've been to I've seen a lot of Sheratons. But the Supreme S-150, S-200, S-250. And those were grades of Supremes. The uh, The basic Supreme was $90 to $100. The S-150 was $150. The 200 was $200. And so on. Uh, and then the final, the, the top two were Coronation and then Achievement. And even in 1969, an Achievement was $500. And if you remember, that's more than what a Sixton Iverson or a Bo Nord was in the late 60s and into the 70s. So coronations and achievements, really rare, really good-looking pieces of wood. However, you're going to find amongst the uh, the special distinction executive selected and the, and the regular Supremes, you're going to find a mixture of graining and uh, different quality of wood. Um, all right, going to Kamoy's. Uh, Kamoy's in the same 1969 uh, RTDA almanac, and I'm not sure if this is exactly in order, but I know the top ones are. Um, the highest priced 
was the specimen straight grain. The specimen straight grain is also one of the rarest stampings you'll ever see on a Kamoise. And the only way to make it rare is to make a specimen straight grain extraordinaire. So anytime you see the name extraordinaire on a Kamoise pipe, and we're talking pre, uh, pre-Cadogan, or so when we're, we're only talking about when you're looking at the three-part C's. Um, you're looking at a pipe that is not a factory-shaped pipe. It's bigger, or it's a uh, handmade, or there's something about it that makes it extraordinary from the traditional factory shapes. Uh, so again, going down from the specimen straight grain, then we go down to the blue rye band, uh, and then we get into the London Pride, and then the silver-mounted stuff, and then the Grand Slam, Tradition, Golden Grain, Sandblast, Pebble, Brain, Pebble Grain, and the Old Briere. Um, now, when, I, when you look at Pipedia and you see the article in there from the late Derek Green, uh, he lists out some of the older rankings, uh, and the Prima, P-R-I-M-A, was the top ranking of, of uh, Kamoys and introduced around the early 1900s. Uh, then the old Briere comes in around the 1920s. That's still going to be below the Prima, but... Uh, but slightly, you know, it, it's gonna it's gonna be below the Prima, and below the Blue Rye Band, but still a good solid pipe. Uh, the Virgin Briar comes in, and that's going to be below the old Briere. So this is where it starts moving around and wiggling a little bit. Uh, in 1965. Uh, the old looks like the old Briere is replaced by the tradition. The tradition was uh, going to be in between the Prima and the old Briere earlier on. Uh, but the old the old one that you want to keep an eye out for, if you can find it, is the Grand Slam, and that has a patent number on it. Uh, the Grand Slams were five dollars in nineteen thirty six, but they are highly collectible. Uh, then we finally start getting into some of the straight grain names in the 1930s and 40s and the highly collectible Blue Rye Band comes in in about uh, 1935, 1936, somewhere around there. So again, it, it, it starts juggling around. Um, there's a selected straight grain that is made in like the 1960s, but it's dramatically a lower grade than the specimen straight grains. So again, if you're looking for a really good example of a Kamoys, you want a blue rye band where you can also find a blue rye band extraordinaire or you want a specimen straight grain where you can find a where you can find a specimen straight grain extraordinaire, those are the ones you want to look for. All right. Hope that uh, answers it for Miguel, and hope that helps you with a couple of the uh, a couple of questions on Sheraton and Kamoys. And in just a minute, my uh, recorded interview with Matron. This is Internet Radio. 
Do you need a reliable source for ordering pipes and tobacco? Do you find it difficult to get your favorite blends outside of the U.S.? Fournoggins.com stocks all of your favorite pipes and tobaccos and ships all over the world. All forms of payment are accepted and orders are processed the same day. There are no worries when ordering from Fournoggins.com. Fournoggins.com is your source for all of your pipes and tobacco needs. We ship in the U.S. and international with no worries. Fournoggins.com for all of your pipes and tobacco needs. This is Phil Morgan, General Manager of Missouri Meerschaum Corncob Pipes in Washington, Missouri. Our mission since 1869 has been to produce great smoking pipes that anyone can afford. We guarantee our pipes won't be your most expensive, but they just might be the ones you smoke the most. At Missouri Meerschaum Company, we don't just sell our corncob pipes. We grow them, make them, and smoke them. Missouri Meerschaum, Washington, Missouri, since 1869. <laughs> Welcome back to the Pipes Magazine radio show, and for tonight's guest, we're going, I, I think this is as far north as I've ever gone with a guest, so you, you, own, that, uh, you own that distinction, but to the, uh, to the Kerveg Pipe Club of Scotland, please welcome Sergeant Matron to the show. Matron, welcome. Hello, Brian. Thanks very much. Uh, so just tell everybody where where are you from and where did you grow up and where are you right now so that you can describe it to everybody. Okay, originally I grew up in, in England in, a, in the county of Sussex in a coastal town called Eastbourne. It's an old Victorian spa town. And ever since then I've been moving progressively north um, <laughs> via a brief sojourn in, a, in the United States as well for a couple of years, but um, I now live on the west coast of Scotland, um, about in a little village called Aharicle, about 40-odd miles west of Fort William. I think most people will know Fort William. Um, but it's quite quiet and pretty remote up here. Um, yeah, it's a nice part of the world, if you like mountains and empty spaces. So how many people live in your little village? Um, that's a good question. About... I think it's probably about 80 or 100 maybe. Push somewhere between 80 and 100. Are there more sheep than people? <laughs> there used to be. They, they seem to be getting rid of the sheep now. It's more red deer. We've got a lot of deer here, but not so many sheep. <laughs> There's a few still wandering around getting run over. But uh, it's mainly the deer these days. So when did you start smoking a pipe? I started smoking a pipe on Boxing Day, uh, 2011. So for us Americans, that's the day after Christmas. Yeah. And what was it that took you to the pipe? Um, funnily enough, I've been thinking about pipe smoking for quite some time um, as a sort of a, an interesting thing to do. And the boys that I go to the bothies with have been taking the mickey out of me for years, calling me a chap and, oh, you should do this, you should do that. And, um, and one of the things they, they, they said was, you should smoke a pipe. So just after Christmas, I, I went to um, a little shop in Fort William and I bought the nastiest basket pipe you can imagine <laughs> and a packet of some Bruno. And we trudged off to the bothie on, on Boxing Day, as we do every year. And I pulled this thing out. I didn't tell them about it. I just pulled it out, and, and I made a complete hash of it, in, including snapping the thing oh, no. um, whilst trying to smoke it, because I thought it was really cool to tap it out on the stone fireplace, and in doing so, broke the thing clean in half. 
and I wish they all buckled in la- with laughter straight away. But then uh, I got my first aid kit out and put a bandage around it and got it smoking again. It was horrendous. I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, for those of us that don't know, like me, what is a bothy? A bothy is an open shelter, usually in a remote um, a remote place in Scotland. They, 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 are, they do have them in England as well, but it's mainly Scotland has them, and they're usually abandoned cottages. Um, and they're maintained by various organisations, um, and they're open to all. You can, you can go in there and, and do more or less what you like, spend the night. Um, but they're, they're targeted for people that, that use the outdoors mainly, but you know they're, they're quite easy to get in or they can be really hard to get into. But they're essentially old, old buildings that are no longer lived in. Um, <laughs> that's pretty much what a buffy is, and it's free as well. There's no charges. And like I say, they're open to all. Wow! So it's just kind of a a remote shelter where you can go hang out for a while and then leave. Yeah, yeah. I think originally, I mean, there's an organisation called the Mountain Bothies Association, which is 50 years old this year, and they maintain about 100 bothies throughout Scotland, um, and they're a charity. They don't own the buildings, but they they look after and maintain them for all the owners and the owners vary they're often the, the local estate or or some other organization or even private individual um so but the idea is is that the, the bothy itself is used by anyone no one gets special rights over anyone else it's completely free and open um which is quite a nice concept in 2016 to to actually have um you know there's not many places uh, that, that are left that have got this free and easy sort of a um, um, space, social space, where you can sit with your friends and do whatever. And in fact, bothying has become a pastime. A lot of people go out into the hills and walk hills or canoe or whatever and then spend the night in the bothy, but the bothies have become destinations in themselves, which I think is rather nice. Huh. Uh, so what, what brought you to the U.S. and when were you here? I went to the U.S. in... Um, it was the early 90s, 1992. I used to do a bit of cycling, and um, I flew into Denver, Colorado, and cycled down to Tucson in Arizona over about six weeks. Um, and I bumped into a young lady down there and ended up marrying her. So that was uh, why I stayed in the States, and I was there for about two years. <laughs> uh, <that> was... <laughs> and, and see, that's why, that's why cycling is bad for you. It is entirely bad. I don't do it anymore. It's a crazy, silly thing to do. <laughs> I've got to ask, because you live in such a remote area, what do you do for a living? Um, this might cause a few hisses. I work for the Highland Council in Environmental Health. Uh-oh. Which is a good, great, a great irony. <laughs> uh, but... um, and my job actually involves working with the local shellfish growers we've got a lot of shellfish farms in the area that grow mussels and oysters and my job is to work with them and organize the food safety sampling for for the local uh, shellfish farmers that's basically what i do so you just make sure that the shellfish is good and fresh and won't make you sick yeah because there, there are particular risks associated with shellfish we get um they, they can accumulate um, algal toxins, which can be quite quite toxic to, to humans. So there are certain times of the year where, where these 
the, the algae bloom in the in the sea and the mussels or oysters ingest it, concentrate it up, and then if you were to eat it, you could be quite ill. So we have to make sure that the sites, you know, aren't contaminated. Um, yeah, I think it's a reasonable reasonable job. I get out on little boats and I get to meet some really interesting characters. It's it's good. Do you get to smoke your pipe while you're out on those little boats? Um, I've never done it on the boats because you're always at the whim of the skipper, really. But um, there's plenty of laybys up here where you can pull over with a nice view and have a have a bowl. So yeah, it's not it's an outdoor job. So there's there's no one telling me not to smoke. <laughs> and you don't have to worry about getting sunburned where you live. No, no, that doesn't often happen. It's the it's the midges in the summer when it's not raining. You're getting eaten by midges or no no seams. I think you call them over there. Yeah. It can be pretty fierce here. So what was your, uh, going back to pipes, what was your second pipe like, and did you get somebody that showed you how to smoke a pipe? Um, I think like a lot of people, after my early disaster and the, and the chaps that I was with thought, well, that's him, He's, you know, they, they really mocked me. <laughs> so I just went online, and I did, like a lot of people, I think I went on and watched YouTube videos of how to pack a smoking pipes, what different pipe tobaccos there were, different pipes. So the next pipe I bought, I went out straight away and jumped in and bought a Peterson's uh, Baskerville, I think it was, and never looked back and really got into it. And then when I realized that if you've got a half-decent pipe and then pay attention to get some decent tobacco, it's a really enjoyable thing, and I've stuck with it um, and spent a bit of money in the process. Yeah, talking about money, what is the uh, what is the price of a fifty gram pouch of pipe tobacco in Scotland? You, on average, you're looking at around, well, I guess, at average twelve pounds, twelve to thirteen pounds. So eighteen to twenty U.S. dollars. Oh, something like that. Yeah, not cheap. So it's not cheap, but it's not outrageous like our uh, friends in Australia or Canada or. That's true. They pay what well, they pay twice that, don't they? I think uh, some are up to quadruple that. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, is there is your little uh, pipe shop in Fort William still uh, plugging along? Yeah, there, there's the, the the place that I bought the pipe from actually was a fishing shop, and that's closed. But there's a little um, news agent, and he does a few uh, pipes and tobaccos, but. Not, he's not a specialist tobacconist. He's more of a tourist news agent type shop. So um, I use a shop down in um, in Kirkcaldy, a guy called GT Coventry. He's, he's a good, proper specialist tobacconist. Um, very nice guy that runs it as well, McLean Dord. Um, so I, I get pipes and tobacco from him quite a lot. It's just a bit of a drive for me from here. Well, that's part of living in a beautiful, unpopulated countryside. Yeah, it certainly is, Brian, yeah. Uh, so let, let's talk about the Pipe Club for a minute. Uh, okay. How did it start? How many members do you have? Right, it started in, it was the last day of August in 2012, and um, I was actually on a on a walking trip with two friends, and we were doing um, a walk in the very far northwest of Scotland. It's a very remote area, and we were just doing a bit of hiking around up at a place called Cape Wrath, which is the furthest northwestern tip of Scotland. And on the way round, there's a boffy called Curvague, 
and we were in there in the evening and got my pipe out and was smoking and we were just having our usual a usual sort of evening there and it was a raging storm outside. I remember that the weather was absolutely diabolical. So we were hunkered down in the bothy and we carried in a bag of coal, um, got a good fire going. And jokingly, I said, oh, we should start the Curvake Pipe Club. <laughs> there was three of us listening to the rain battering on the window in the middle of nowhere. And of course, it caused a bit of a laugh. And I thought nothing more of it. And the next day we walked out to, um, to another bothy uh, to finish the walk. And on the way home, I just got to thinking, um, well, it's not such a daft idea after all, so why not form the Curvake Pipe Club? So we did, and, and that's how we, we started out. And I think currently now we've probably got about 20-odd members, um, and they're not all in Scotland. They're all, all around the world now, so uh, it's grown steadily. But we're not, we're not a huge club. Um, but I know we've got a following online. People read the magazine, and, and, and you know we get messages coming in from, from, from other folk. But it's, it's quite unusual in the fact that we're a Bothy-based pipe club. I don't think there is another Bothy-based pipe club because um, we, we take advantage of the fact that you can still legally smoke in a Bothy, um, which is an unusual thing because that's about the only enclosed public space in the UK where you can still light up legally or semi-legally um, so that's, that's, that's pretty much who we are and what we're about really we're going to take a break right here when we come back we'll talk more about the pipe club and uh, dig into more of uh, living in Scotland with matrons so stay with us we'll be back in just a minute I'm Jeremy Reeves head blender of Cornell and Deal Pipe Tobacco Company at Cornell & Deal, we think the best things in life are better with age, and we are passionate about creating the best possible pipe tobacco available. Fueled by this passion, we introduced the Cellar Series, a collection of blends like no other. While the blends in this series are ready to smoke now, each one has been meticulously designed to optimize depth and complexity as the tobacco ages in the tin. Currently, the Cellar Series is comprised of Oak Alley, Chenet's Cake, Joie de Vivre, Old Grove, and Bourbon Blue, but we will be unveiling new additions to this very special series as time goes on. Pick up a tin to smoke now and save a few for later enjoyment, so that you can experience all the richness and subtlety each blend will reveal through the years. Cornell & Deal's Cellar Series. The secret ingredient is time. Contact your local or online retailer for information. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, visiting with uh, Matron. And Matron, I found the Kerveg Bothy on Google Maps. Uh, it's right near the Cape Wrath Lighthouse, and it looks like an absolutely gorgeous area. Yeah, it's a special place, Brian. Um, many people go to the far northwest, but you have to be quite determined to get there because... Um, there's no, although there is a road along the peninsula, um, you really have to either walk in or you've got to get a little ferry across, which only runs in the summer months. And Kovague itself is situated in a very picturesque sandy bay. Um, it used to be visited by the Vikings. They used to go round Cape Wrath in their long, bit, long boats. But just prior to, to going round Cape Wrath, because once you go round, you're kind of committed. Once you're in the sea round there, you've got no choice. You have to keep going. They used to call in at 
Curve 8 Bay to get fresh water and load up with supplies. So it's got quite a bit of history to it. But it's a beautiful spot. There's very high cliffs. Like I say, the sandy beach. There's a sea stack. Um, and you're essentially facing the Atlantic. So you can get some weather too, which is, uh, yeah, it's a dramatic and, and quite captivating place. Um, I'm rather taken with it. I always, I always refer, refer to it as the magical northwest of Scotland. What's the uh, water temperature during the warmest times of the year? Uh, the warmest times of the year, I'd have to do it in Celsius or yep. centigrade. Um, you'd probably get to about 14 centigrade. You're not <laughs> much warmer than that, and that would be pushing it. Yeah, forget it. I'm not going in that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's definitely wetsuit country. It's not warm water. It's cold. I don't think I'd go in it with about a dozen seals strapped to me. Although I would imagine uh, being in Scotland, there's probably some uh, pretty good single malt scotches and uh, whiskies available. Absolutely, and you never go to a boffy without a whiskey. Um, you've got to have a dram and a boffy. That's 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 compulsory. Um, I suppose the nearest distillery to Cavaig probably would be um, the whiskey you may have heard of, it, Old Portney, which is made in Wick, but that's further over on the east side. There's not really a distillery up up in that neck of the woods. But yeah, we um, we always take a decent malt with us. So the uh, the Pipe Club's website is k e a r v i g pipeclub dot co dot uk, and you do a newsletter on there. But I I want to ask you about the um, more in particular about the meet the crew section and the <laughs> the photographs of what looks like. Um, real people but i'm hoping they're not no that's uh they are actually real people but the there's a guy ad of ad's pipes based down in england and he I, I, my early days of pipe smoking i found him on youtube he's got his own youtube channel and he does um uh, this crazy thing zombie pipe smoking so i contacted ad and i explained who we were and i said well, i've got some pictures of guys sitting in boffies doing whatever and he says yeah no bother send us the photos and then he just does the the, um, the art on them and turns us into zombies and I just thought it was such a crazy idea that uh, I sent him down a handful of, of our members and he, he did the work for us and I think the results are quite quite dramatic um, it's, if you like that sort of thing it's definitely something that I would not have imagined as uh, pictures of the Pipe Club members hanging out doing their thing. <laughs> no, it, it rarely gets that bad in a bothy, but, you know, I've seen some pretty pretty serious states um, come three o'clock in the morning uh, <laughs> trying to find your sleeping bag. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've seen some people like that at Pipe Club sh- events in the... Uh, yeah, at a pipe show at three o'clock in the morning, but usually they're stumbling back from the bar into their hotel room. Hopefully, yeah, yeah, yeah. It can get pretty messy sometimes. Uh, the the newsletter. How often does it come out, and what do you usually cover in it? The newsletter, um, Briar and Bothies, is meant to be about bi-monthly. So every couple of months, it it, it probably varies a bit between two to three months and the, it covers our trip so there's, there's always an article about one of our meets in a boffy somewhere um, we talk about the boffy and 
what we get up to. And then there could, there's articles on just about anything you can imagine, really, with the most tenuous of pipe links. But the idea is, is to is to generate some laughter and a bit of humour, really, and, and take an askance look at all sorts of things. Um, the last uh, uh, magazine, I, um, we actually had an article from an old gentleman's man called Wide World. I just reprinted the whole thing because it's just so 1960s. It was it was really funny. Um, and any anything else in between, really. But there's 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 the staples of Bothy's. Um, there's Chap's Corner, which is a bit of a send up of Chap culture, if you like. So um, it's all very uh, tongue in cheek, and I and I think um, you know we we don't try and take ourselves too seriously at all. Is it fair to say that it might be sometimes irreverent? Oh, I think so. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> a fair bit of irreverence. <laughs> I think. Uh, some people might say anarchic. <laughs> uh, so, how big has your uh, pipe collection gotten now? Oof! How big is my pipe collection? Um, I think I'm about a 30, 32 pipe chap at the moment. Um, but like most people, I probably only regularly smoke about eight of those, so the others don't get much of an airing. But yeah, thirty odd. 32, I think it is exactly. I'm just, just looking at them here. Uh, is there... That's about average. Is there a pipe out there that you've been uh, yearning for or you might consider your holy grail that, that, you've, that you haven't gotten yet? No, actually, I haven't. Um, uh, I know that's probably not a great answer, but um, I know people cover particular pipes. I just tend to stumble across them, and if I, if I like them or like the look of it, then I'll... If I've got the money, I'll just buy it there and then. But I don't really um, cover them at all. I, I just tend to, I'm more of a user, and if I see something I like, I'll buy it. Um, and that, that's pretty much it. But there's nothing out there that I can think of that oh, I'd really want one right now. No. But that that's very much more of a uh, uh, of a European answer than a than an American answer because we tend to always covet the next and not worry about or not focus on what we have right uh talking about tobaccos are you dedicated to one or do you have multiple tobaccos that you enjoy oh i'm a total tobacco tart i can't (laughs) can't stay on one thing for more than a tin virtually i'm terrible and i'm I'm on the on the great search for the um in co- like a complete contrast with pipes, I am in search of the holy grail of pipe tobacco, and there's always something around the corner, and I'll try just about anything, and I like so many different blends now. Um, it's I, I think I'm, I've, I haven't got that much in terms of weight in stock. I'm not that American, but I've got a lot <laughs> of different ones. I've got over 100 in stock at the minute, and, yeah, it's, it's great. For me, smoking a pipe is about smoking different fantastic quality pipe tobaccos. Um, and yeah, I'm still still learning and still smoking like mad. That's so great. Have you dedicated pipes to specific styles of tobaccos? Yeah, yeah, I definitely do that. And in fact, I've got a couple that are dedicated to specific blends, even. So I've gone another layer as well. Not not only in a couple of cases I can think of, but but yeah, definitely. I've got my vapor pipes, my you know lap bomb pipes. Um, and um, 
my kind of what I would call navy flake type pipes. Yeah, definitely. I think that does make a difference. But yet you don't have enough tobacco to survive the zombie apocalypse? No, not yet. I've got enough different types, maybe, but not in terms of weight. I, I haven't quite reached the half-ton mark yet, so... <laughs> <laughs> I love reading your American, um, some of the pipe uh, forums, when guys start talking about the, the, the quantity of tobacco they've got. I find it staggering. I mean, you need about ten lifetimes to get anywhere near smoking. It always great. Uh, how often do you, uh, do you smoke a pipe during the day? Um, I usually only smoke in the evenings. Um, occasionally I'll have one during the day if I'm out and about, but most of the time I'm an evening pipe smoker. I'll have a bowl or two when I'm sitting up in, in my... I've got a little attic room. I call it the Curvey Pipe Club Command Centre, and I sit up here <laughs> and plot, plot the downfall of the world and have a bowl. <laughs> and, protect, and from up there you can look out across the entire village and make sure that nobody's coming at you? Exactly. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a fortified uh, facility. We're currently at PipeCon three, I think. You know, there's not too much happening. <laughs> uh, not that not that any government officials are listening, but are you able to order off of the internet and get tobacco into you? Yes. Yeah. I think. I mean, um, apart from the, the guy I mentioned earlier down in in southern Scotland, uh, I would say. Most of my uh, purchases, pipes and or tobacco, come via the internet these days, yeah. There's just so few walk-in stores left now uh, in Scotland. There's probably only half a dozen decent specialist tobacconists left in the whole of Scotland, so you really do have to turn to the internet. And, and for for us uh, lucky Americans that have a huge country to order from, what what happens if your tobacco gets caught by the uh, caught by customs? They would just confiscate it. Um, I have ordered from the States, and thus far, I won't mention any names, of course, thus far I've not had any interceptions. Um, but, uh, you know, I think if they if they do see it as tobacco, they'll just take it away and that's it. I don't think you even get an option to pay the duty on it anymore. They'll just destroy it or go and smoke it themselves. <laughs> do they send you a nice little note saying thank you for your donation? Yeah, they say, next time, could you order some more of that St. James Flake, please? That was really good. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, prior to recording, you uh, reminded me that we've actually met before and talking about a a mutual friend of ours and uh, Bob Gregory. Ah, yes, Bob, yes. Splendid. A KPC member, by the way, honorary life member of the Curvake Pipe Club (laughs) and um, the inventor of our club blends which made by Samuel Gowan, Buffy Flake, nonetheless. So knowing that Bob's a member of your knowing that Bob's a member of your club, that means that you have absolutely no restrictions against anybody becoming a member. That's quite right, yes. <laughs> you, one could infer that, couldn't one? <laughs> and, and I'm assuming you have no annual dues either. Well, we do have a, a, an annual general meeting, usually at Covain Buffy, um, but when I say annual general meeting, it's very tongue-in-cheek. It's just really a, a boffy night and a piss-up. Um, <laughs> you know, we don't really have, like, a formal, structured meeting. We had one in September there, um, in the September last year, with about a dozen guys sitting around the table in Curvague. And during the, the only kind of official thing that we did, we got a, an eight 
foot plywood pipe and we hung it on the Bothy wall. If you go on our homepage, you can see a picture of it. Um, and, and that was our mark because it kind of resembles the Kerbeg Pipe Club logo. So that was the only sort of semi-official uh, thing that we did. But, uh, but Bob wasn't there. It's a bit far for him to travel. <laughs> and I think he likes his creature comforts. I, I think he likes a very soft chair and, uh, and, and free-flowing beer. Matron, <laughs> we will uh, we'll, we'll stop abusing Bob and we'll wrap this up with the fast five final questions. No right answer, no wrong answer, just whatever comes to your mind. Are you ready? Yeah. What is your favorite pipe? That's a tough one, but I think I would go for my trusty workhorse, my Stanwell 207 Poker. And what is your favorite tobacco? Possible to answer, but gun to my head on a desert island. Currently, it would be Samuel Gareth Navy Flake. And what is your favorite drink? Beer, ale, real ale. Um, I was weaned on a, a beer down in Sussex called Harvey's Best Bitter. And again, if I was on a desert island, if I had a case of that washed up each week, that would be rather nice. Harvey's best bitter. I'll have to look for it next time I'm in the. Uh, next time I'm over in the UK. Yeah, it's a good one. Uh, when it's time to relax, do you prefer a book, a movie, or music? Uh, a book. I, I was going to say I don't think you can get movies up there, can you? <laughs> no, well, I, um, I don't have a TV anyway, so um, anything I watch, I watch online. So. Uh... Um, yeah, I'm a bit of a Luddite when it comes to television. And last question is, is there a particularly favorite pipe-smoking-related memory that we haven't talked about? Yeah, I think for me, last September, um, we had a Bothy night, um, not in Kovag, in a different Bothy, and our German member, we've got a really nice guy, and his Bothy name's The Count. The Count came over, never been to Scotland before, and he just piled into the to the whole poppy thing, and we just had a great time, and it was just a really magical... We were actually out for two nights, but one of the nights in particular was just magical and, and such fun. And it was really nice to see that just by starting a crazy pipe club with a crazy concept, we're actually getting people in and coming over and, and celebrating you know, a, a really nice bit of pipe culture. That was a special night, and I'll never forget that. If we're coming over to the UK and want to come up to uh, Scotland, how do we how do we get a hold of you to find out when a uh, Bothy night might be? Right, well, you can contact us via the website, which is curvaypipeclub.co.uk. Um, just say there's a, there's a link either to uh, like a web form or there's a direct link to the Curvay Pipe Club uh, email address. So please do so and um, we'd be pleased to entertain you bring your sleeping bag and some whiskey or just bring a lot of whiskey and don't worry about the sleeping bag yeah yeah that's the other option it, it makes the midnight runs out to the bushes a lot easier to, if you don't have to get out of the yeah, sleeping bag we haven't even talked about the body spade yet but uh... <laughs> well, well go ahead oh the body spade well that's that's the toilet so um <laughs> When you're out in a boffer, you've got to learn how to dig a hole. And um, so 
so that puts quite a few people off. But it's uh, it's all part of the experience, really. And I would imagine there's no discussion about toilet paper either. Well, funnily enough, one of our members, um, a Polish chap, <laughs> when he's up at Kavaig, he uses moss to cleanse himself. And his, his bossy name is now Moss Man. And he tried to give me a big lecture on avoiding using toilet paper. And I politely told him that um, a chap's toileting habits have been developed over many years and I'm not going to start using bloody moss. <laughs> <laughs> but that would also make wearing a kilt a lot easier then. Yeah, it would. Yeah. yeah, you just sit down and sort of rub yourself around a little bit on the ground and walk off and you'd be fine. <laughs> On that note, I'll say thank you very much for joining us, and uh, thanks for uh, putting together a, probably the uh, the the most unique uh, pipe club on the face of the earth. Thanks very much, Brian. Pleasure talking to you. We'll be back in just a minute. It's Saturday morning at the crack of dawn. The cool chill of night still clings to the air as the sun slowly rises over the misty surface of the lake. You've waited all week for just this moment. You know that today is going to be epic. Everything is here to ensure perfection, from the nice full cooler packed with your favorite suds to the other empty one, waiting to be filled with piles of freshly caught fish. Reaching into your pocket, you pull out your trusty briar and fill it with your favorite tobacco aptly named Great Outdoors. It is the perfect smoke for moments like these. A strike, a flash, and your tobacco is lit as the delicious mixture ignites and swirls over your tongue and the deep rich burleys with a hint of sweet Virginia dance in your mouth. You smile, casting your first line into the water. The slowly widening ripples begin to stir as you feel the first bite of the day tug at your line. Now you know it truly is going to be a good day and a perfect time to enjoy the simple yet unmatchable pleasures of the great outdoors. Great Outdoors is another fine quality pipe tobacco manufactured by Sutliff, America's oldest tobacco company, and is available at fine tobacconists everywhere. Enjoy your perfect day by purchasing a tin today. This is Internet Radio. We are back here live in the studio, and I say bothies all around America. Yeah, that's what I want to do. I want to build bothies everywhere in America so that we can go find places to smoke. You know, instead of restaurants that just put an ashtray about 50 feet from the nearest awning. Um, anyway, no, this is not rant time. And I'm doing a good, I'm doing a rave tonight, so no rants. All right, for music, how about um, Bach? being played by Segovia, and the piece is called Gavotte. Thank you. 
And, of course, a piece played that beautifully and written that well could only be uh, written and uh, played by pipe smokers. Both of them. Yes! You have new mail. In the mailbag, um, not much this week. Uh, Jabo says, as always, a great show, great interview with Mr. Looker. I don't know where you get them, but their overall intellect has always been phenomenal. No wonder why you and I hit it off. We have exactly the same viewpoints. Keep up the good work. Have fun at what you're doing, and take care. Always your friend. Thank you very much. Uh, And yeah, you know what? (laughs) The most important part is in there is... Have fun at what you're doing. Uh, reminded me of a discussion I had back in Mexico with Alan Rubin, who owns the Alec Bradley Cigar Company. And he said, you know what, we work hard, but we've got to also take the moments and time to have some have some fun. Uh, you know, treat yourself every once in a while. And then uh, John Seiler writes, Hi, Brian, sounds like it is time to develop a new organization for pipe and tobacco interests if pipes are not adequately represented. Uh, I have seen Tom Looker at a number of pipe shows. Tom provided a lot of insight into some of the best pipe makers in the world. Nice interview. Uh, Music, The Lighthouse Tales, The Thielies are both great musicians. Rant, there is no reason respecting Facebook comments. (laughs) Uh, A bit under the weather this week. I wish I could be in warmer climates where you tend to spend a lot of time. Good show. Yeah, John, I wish I could be in warmer climates all the time, too, but uh, not always. Uh, And then, John, your your comment about uh, an organization of pipe and tobacco interests, there's, there's a small one, but it's really hard to organize a very, very small group. And uh, that's been our problem for a long time. Uh, And then listener Olivier Rousseau from Canada sent me a link about uh, three weeks ago to a brand new Disney CD that I had never heard of. And it's Dave Dave Brubeck and uh, it is Dave Diggs Disney. And let me tell you, I have been enjoying the heck out of it. If you like Disney music and you like the Dave Brubeck Quartet, get the Legacy Edition that was done in 2011. And it's, I mean, literally just some great Brubeck and great Disney versions. And some of them are uh, almost hard to recognize as Disney versions, but, or Disney songs, but they are. All right, a little pipe show update. Uh, Coming up April 9th, the Raleigh Pipe Show in Raleigh, North Carolina at the State Fairgrounds. The Chicago Pipe Show is uh, technically April 30th and May 1st, but it really kicks off on uh, April 28th, 29th, and 30th. In uh, Germany on May 21st, in Lomar, Germany, the Lomar Pipe Show. June 24th, 25th, and 26th in Kansas City is the Kansas City Pipe and Tobacco Show, and that's at the Argosy Casino and Hotel, the one that I really like, the hotel rooms. Uh, And then uh, at the end of the summer, or in the dog days of the summer, start planning for August 26th and 27th, the NASPC Swap and Sale, or in... uh, Columbus, Ohio. 
Uh, and then Nashville has uh, Nashville pipe shows on the schedule for September 23rd and 24th. And then back in Germany, October 17th, the Speyer pipe show. And then to end the year in Las Vegas, November 5th and 6th at the Palace Station Hotel and Casino. That will get you all the pipe show information. Uh, if you want to see exact links and details, go to pipesmagazine.com and click on the pipe events link. And finally, I need your help. Uh, we've had a bit of a lackluster response on the JDRF auctions from the uh, from the industry. So if you have anything that you'd like to donate, please get it in as soon as possible. Email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com. Remember last year we raised over $3,000 to find a cure for type 1 diabetes. And uh, just this past weekend we celebrated my daughter's uh, ninth year since she was diagnosed. That's an average of uh, four or five shots a day for the past nine years. So anything that you'd like to donate would be greatly appreciated. Again, email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com. All right, in just a minute, a little rave for you. Italians have always been known for their aesthetic passion. It's their birthright, their legacy. And just like Savinelli, it continues to grow and evolve. It is ever-changing. Milan, 1876. Achilles Savinelli set out to change the way the world viewed smoking pipes, opening one of the world's first specialist tobacco shops. From one small storefront to a factory that delivered handmade pipes all over the world, the legacy he forged became one filled with success and prestige. Achilles' dream is carried on today by his family, who continues the Savinelli legacy. Each year, Savinelli debuts a series of new, forward-thinking designs comprised of quality-crafted pipes shaped from some of the best briar in the world. Behind every beautiful object, there's a story. Start your own chapter. Visit your local tobacconist or premium online dealer today. Cowboy. Cowboy. Nautica, N-A-U-T-I-C-A. Nautica is a uh, is a, a fashion company or clothing company here in the United States, and they make all kinds of stuff from uh, from jeans to khakis, casual shirts, dress shirts, you know, all kinds of all kinds of stuff, all reasonably priced and good quality. And it's one one of the reasons why I tend to use their stuff for my casual everyday wear. Now it's not. Um, High fashion, fancy, uh, Kevin Godby style, but it is casual, comfortable, and good-looking clothing. But one of the reasons I, that I've used them is there's an outlet store near me, and I've always had great experiences going in there shopping. They don't make stuff for, you know, for 17-year-olds. They make stuff for average people, regular size people and shapes, and everything's good, comfortable, and reliable. Uh, until about a week ago, or ten days ago now, I had a bad experience. I had a pair of their straight leg denims 
that had shrunk up and I put them up to a pair of their other pants and they'd shrunk up almost, just about an inch. So I decided, you know what, I don't remember how long I'd had them, but I knew it wasn't more than like six months and not exactly what I would expect from them. So I took them back into the store. To shorten up the story, the lady there was um, professional, but not friendly and said, no, 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 no. So I went and, you know, turned around and said, okay, fine, no problem. I'll just email them. Then I decided, you know what, I'm going to go back in there. I went back in 10 minutes later, went went up to the same lady and said, you know, I need, I need a new pair of pants. So I went in and the same style of pants now has on the inside of it, boldly, it says, wash the jeans less for better wear. And not only that, line dry only. Line dry only. I looked at my old pair of pants. It said machine wash, tumble dry low. Anyway, uh, the line drying is the secret to not shrinking your jeans. Uh, I sent them an email that night. Took about 20 minutes, wrote up an email on their on their form, on their website, sent them an email. And the next afternoon, I got a phone call from Elizabeth, the store manager. Yeah, we know there was problems with those pants. And come back in, we want to make it right for you. Uh, this past weekend, I went in and they made it right for me. Traded out the jeans for a new pair, no questions asked. Uh, also gave me an extra little discount. So, if you're in out shopping for jeans, casual dress shirts, khakis, shorts, uh, whatever you might need, highly suggest Nautica. It's a company that will uh, stand behind themselves and uh, they're nice to deal with too. Except for that one lady. Anyway... All right, there you go. If you would like to advertise in front of the twelve to 15,000 listeners that we get on the Pipes Magazine radio show, contact Kevin Godby at uh, kevin at pipesmagazine.com. Uh, if you wouldn't mind, please leave us a rating or a, and or a review on iTunes or Stitcher. We appreciate that. Got any questions for me, post it right on the Pipes Magazine radio show page and, uh, or email me, Brian, at Pipes Magazine. So with that, thank you all for tuning in. Thank you to Matron for joining me. And until next time. the clouds when we're together just sing a song and think about sunny hear what it was Oh, my God! You killed a hooker! Call girls! No, Cyril, when they're dead, they're just hookers.